Blog Talk Radio. Fontaine and Dr. Jean Florillo. Where is it? <laughs> I don't know. So anyhow, we're here to answer all your questions on love, life, career, and whatever is on your mind. So give us a call at 646-381-4141. Tonight, Dr. Jean Cirillo and I will be taking your calls most of the evening Oh, okay, I hear you. It's a welcome change, right? Well, we've had so much to talk about in recent weeks that we have um, been taking calls a little bit later in the show, but tonight we're going to try to start taking calls a little bit earlier. But we've got a great show for you with lots of valuable information, so stay tuned. Our number again is 646-381-4141. Well, better late than never. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they have us trained to wait for the applause, and then we look like fools when we wait, and there's nothing. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess it must be a technical glitch or something like that. Um, I don't but... think so. I think it's Frank playing a joke on us, right, Frank? I, I'm i not usually the one to press the button, so I was... I was uh... <laughs> There. Okay, I then apologize. it's Julie. I mean, I mean, there's no button. There's a live studio audience, of course. We're maintaining. Of course. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. So, so well, anyhow, you know they I mean, really come to see, right, Frank? You're so handsome in your picture. They just have to see the man behind it. Uh, unfortunately, you can't piece that together with my voice. Uh, I'm actually a uh, three foot tall, overweight, eighty year old man. That's it. Uh, oh, sure. Behind the curtain, you're off, I know. Exactly. Float away in a balloon. Yes. Well, anyhow, guys, um, there is some good news here. I'm here tonight. How You guys must have done – I haven't even listened to last week's show, but I do want to thank you all for, for sort of picking up. I lost power um, earlier in the evening, and it didn't come back until quite late um, – well, quite early in the morning, I should say – um, so I understand you did the show without me. How was it? Oh, we were going to uh, shut down the show several times, and we, uh, uh, Jean had actually had some some prepared responses for those letters. So ah. we got some feedback on the letters. Uh, we discussed them a bit, the three of us, and we were hoping, Lady Fontaine, that you could give us some feedback on those letters as well this evening in addition to our mailbag questions, if you had. Uh, any reflections on those? Well, do you remember them? Well, I don't have them in front of me. Uh, oh, if not okay. This, if not this show, then maybe on a future show. 
Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do that next week um, or at the next show. We'll we'll um, review those questions just so those people, in case there's any things um, in particular that I was picking up, I don't really remember the questions that we had last week or um, you know what what I um, what I was picking up on them. But I'd be happy to do that. But I was really there were particular cases of. Uh, People say, you know, a man is with me for years and he won't let me in his house or uh, he promises uh, to leave his wife and he does not very similar questions, the kinds of things where any person out there would say, this is not a good man for you. Mm-hmm. There's something going on that, you know, you don't trust this person. You don't even have to be psychic or a psychologist, right? Right, Frank? Remember the questions now? Yes, absolutely. And then we had that one caller who wanted to talk to... Uh, to Dr. Jean, and uh, it was a pretty good call. It was a pretty intense discussion we had afterwards. Good. Well, I'm really, really glad to hear that, and I really appreciate you guys, um, you know, running with it, and I'm glad that it was a good show. I'm I'm sorry that I missed it, and I'm just happy that I'm here. And, you know, aside from not having power, that means I didn't have heat. And I'll tell you, in this bitter cold weather, um, because we were without power for about four hours or so, it was cold, so <laughs> I'm just thankful. I mean, I have a flashlight by my computer right now. I've got a candle going, um, and I've got heaters on just in case I lose power. So this way maybe I'll stay warm for a little bit longer. But, um, you know, I'm glad that you guys um, carried on with the show, and I'm glad that, that you know, you had a good caller and that things went well. Um, but anyhow, I can't believe that we're, like, what, a few days away from Christmas. I mean, are you guys, like, ready for the holidays? Because I'm not. Well, I am because a lot of relatives said let's forget it this time because the kids were, like, all over 16. So that mm. made things a lot easier. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, are you, you're not having Christmas at your house, are you? No. You're, you're a saint if you do that. I know. <laughs> but so wherever you're going, you don't have to bring anything, like cook or anything like that? Well, I don't have to cook. I bring sugar-free cookies because everybody gets on you, you know, to eat dessert. So this way I bring something that I can eat. Oh, well, that's good. Um, but, uh, I mean, in general, I'm so far from being ready. Frank, are you, how are you? Are you, are you done with all your shopping? Oh, not even close to done with my shopping. But, uh... We still have about what a couple of days, three days left, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're one of those, fun. you're one of those typical late, um, late Christmas shoppers. Well, you know, I got some done. I definitely got some done, but uh, but yeah, yeah. They also sort of ration it out. The people who you're not going to see until after Christmas, you uh, you can wait and get some uh, to get some discounts. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's absolutely true. Um, and Julie, are you there? Uh, if you give me one moment, I believe I can patch her through. Okay. Julie? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi, Julie. Oh, my gosh. I've been talking for six minutes and nobody could hear me. It was so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're nowhere near a computer then, I guess. I'm I'm on a computer, unable to get on the switchboard. <laughs> oh, no. That's not so, a good sign. I will get on. It be a problem. With the switchboard tonight, so everybody uh, calling in, please have some patience. Uh, there seems to be some sort of technical issues going on, so uh, but keep calling in. I felt like one All of right. those people who's locked in a bathroom, and I'm just waiting for someone to come. <laughs> oh, you guys no. finally put me on the air. Or yeah. locked in a wine closet. 
And this is why the plot didn't happen. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, um, uh, yeah. Locked in that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, when you said locked in. <laughs> um, locked in a room. So, so you, how is Christmas shopping and stuff going with you? Well, you almost done. I am. I'm done. Ooh, and I am leaving. I'm leaving tomorrow, and I am going on a cruise. Oh, <gasps> where yes. are you going? I'm going to the Caribbean. Oh, how lovely! Yeah. So I'm very excited. You should be. Oh, that's so you don't awesome. have to worry about cooking or guests or anything. You're no, it's away. all planned for me. Everything. I'm very excited about it. No thinking for a week. Oh, I Great. love it. That yeah. is awesome. So next time we're on the air, I'll have plenty to tell you about the Caribbean and all the adventures that I went on there. Yeah, like finding a husband. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was told by someone, I hope you're not looking for a husband on your cru- on the cruise because well, it's tough for the holiday for holiday cruises. You would think yeah. most people are going to be families, families or... but not necessarily. I would think sometimes people would want to take a cruise because they don't have family and they don't have anywhere to go. So, um, you know, you never know, to, right? So we'll keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> and I apologize giving... for your not getting applause tonight. I was here trying to do it, but I just couldn't. I couldn't. Well, that's okay. Somehow that applause magically appeared at the end better late than never. We're happy. <laughs> so so, um, has anybody heard about the, uh, well, I'm sure you have, the lunar eclipse tonight? Uh, that was last night. Oh, it was last night? Oh, it was last night? Oh, darn it. Oh, darn it. So then everything that I wanted to talk about for the rest of the show <laughs> is a wash. So, okay, Jean, Dr. Jean, uh, do you have anything to talk about? Well, I, you know, we could blame the lunar eclipse for the uh, machinery of the switchboard problems, but uh, if there's no lunar eclipse, I guess we'll have to blame the loonies uh, who are here. Uh... <laughs> well, I don't well, we really don't... have anything to talk about except our upcoming TV show, I think, is really, I don't know how much we can hint uh, about that. Well, actually, the the um, footage is all at the film editors, and they're working, we have two episodes that they're working on right now, and then hopefully, um, you know, one day soon, we'll be, um, we'll be filming <laughs> our third episode, and then we're going to have the closing episode this is making a lot of sense right we're having our closing episode for this one location so we're actually having four episodes it's going to be like a mini series for this one location that we're currently at right now so hopefully by the middle of january we're going to be finishing up the filming at that location and um you know we're going to have four shows on it and we have a few other locations that um, we're looking at right now um, that are perspective for future investigations, but it certainly is coming along. And this one location that we're at right now um, is absolutely amazing with the amount of evidence that we picked up. I mean, even on our second trip there, where it seemed a lot flatter than it had been the first time, there was some really amazing stuff that transpired and stuff that we picked up on tape. Um, consistently, we're getting more EVPs at this location than I think I've ever experienced in my entire life. And in literally in direct response to to the questions that we're asking. So it's very, very exciting. Um, and, um, 
you know, we can't really talk about much more at this point, but it's it's premiering on January 5th, and um, I think it's truly going to be spellbinding. Um, I think it's, you know, I just, um, the, what I've seen of the footage already and um, how it's being put together, I'm totally on the edge of my seat. So um, I'm excited about it, and I can't wait to, you know, to to actually see the whole show myself, to see the whole episode. First episode is premiering on January 5th, and I'm actually going to put the link here on um, the Blog Talk Radio show page um, that will take you right to the location where you can watch the show on the Internet. So did that make sense? Makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're there and you see everything. But you know, obviously, I can't, I can't, I can't talk about it. I just can't talk about it. So there's not much well, more I want to say. Inform people about something that you can't talk about. I know. That's why I feel like I'm just, you know, talking in circles here. But um, it's, I feel it's going to be a great show. It's a show on the paranormal. Um, it's done like no other show on the paranormal I think has ever been done, um, both in the team of investigators that we have as well as how the show is being presented. So other than that, um, you know, keep looking on uh, Blog Talk Radio for the link because um, and watch the show because I think you're going to enjoy it, and I do feel that you're going to agree that it's unlike anything that's out there right now. But I, I want to talk about this lunar eclipse because I listen to Sky McKenna. Sky is our astrologer for the show, and I'm sure I heard her say something about um, the lunar eclipse on the 21st. Well, yeah, it happened really early this morning. In the morning. 33 was when you actually began to see something. Uh, so it's the same way that, you know, 12 o'clock tonight is actually tomorrow. So, okay. yeah, it it was this morning, just really early, up until about 5 o'clock. Uh, All right, I think well. It finally ended. Okay, well, that that does make sense. But I, I, I'm going to just, I want to talk a little bit about it, because apparently it's, um, from an astrological standpoint, it's it's a pretty big event. And from from what I've read, this is the only lunar eclipse of this year. And what I really found interesting was that it's the first total lunar eclipse to ever fall on the winter solstice in um, 372 years. And what I also found very interesting is that the last time we had a lunar eclipse it, uh, that corresponded with the first day of winter, um, it, that was the same day that the Earth's axis um, actually tilted the farthest from the sun, and that was on December 21st, 1638. So um, I'm glad to know that it's already passed the solar, the uh, lunar eclipse. So this way, I don't have to worry about it um, because I was, you know, like going to sit here and hold, like put a seatbelt on or something, and just expect that. Oh God, you know, whenever, whenever that magical time for the lunar eclipse, um, who knew what was going to happen? So I must have slept through it. So um, I guess that's not so important. But the important thing is, is that there's a lot of astrological influences that are in effect this week that Sky's going to be talking about shortly in her report. Um, and I appreciate you guys um, explaining to me that I missed it. Well, it, it, was, the, uh, it was the first uh, lunar eclipse, full lunar eclipse that we've had for about two years. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. the last one was in February of 2008. 
And you're right, it was 16, 1630s was the last time we actually had one that fell in the solstice. Uh, we did have a partial lunar eclipse earlier this year, though. Do you guys remember, remember talking that. about that? Yes, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, it, was, but, it wasn't uh, full, but it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. I got a chance to go outside and see it, and the moon turned a very rusty orange color, uh, at least as I saw it here in New York City. So it was, it was, it was very pretty. I hope whoever you guys are listening that you got a chance to go outside and bundle up in the freezing cold of wherever where you were if you're anywhere near the New York area but uh it was it was a sight to see well I'm going to go along with Dr. Jean and say that I'm going to blame that eclipse last night on all our technical problems uh is it still going on now <laughs> well you know the oh, energy boy. from the moon to the earth it's got to take quite a while so I don't think that it's just going to go away in you know a minute and I'm sure I bet Sky will talk about that. <laughs> yeah, she will, because um, there's a lot going on, and today is sort of like um, um, a, a, an extremely powerful day from an astrological standpoint. So I really can't wait to hear um, her her report. And there was something, because I did listen to it before I, I, I uploaded it, but um, there was something I felt very exciting about what she had to say about Gemini. So I can't wait to um, to hear it and discuss it. All right, we'll talk. Well, what's we'll, we'll get to in that. Two years from this day. What was that? That might be doomsday. Two years from this day, December twenty-first, um, two thousand. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's you're but absolutely right. We've got two right. years to make the most of life, right? That's absolutely right, and we have two years to be like you know, um, you know, big TV personalities too. So we might as well enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, with like the four people that are going to be watching note. the show. I know the four people that are going to be watching, but in any event, at least hopefully we'll watch. <laughs> you guys always seem to turn this around in a very positive way. <laughs> Doomsday, the Earth is going to blow up. <laughs> well, I mean, these are true predictions. I know. I guess I'm just an optimist here. Well, that's in any good. case, phone lines are open. Please call 646-381-4141 to speak with Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. They are here to answer all your questions. Call 646-381-4141 to get expert advice on all that troubles you. And remember, if you don't get on the air tonight, please send us your question at mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be selecting a few questions each week to answer live on each show. That equates to getting a free reading, so don't miss that incredible opportunity. Send us your questions now. And if you don't want your real name used on the air, please let Lady Fontaine know. But in order for your question answered, you will need to provide us with real names, some background, and a specific question. We will honor your request for anonymity. Tonight, Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will begin taking calls right after the mailbag question, so give us a call at 646-381-4141. And now it's that time that we've been waiting for, especially Lady Fontaine, Sky McKenna's Skywatch Report. And remember to visit Sky at her website at skymckenna.com. Hello, everybody. This is Sky McKenna with my weekly Skywatch Energy Report. This is a review of the energies for the upcoming week. And if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives, or you can go to my website skymckenna.com and click the link near the top of the page. You can also read the energy report on my blog. There's a link at the top of my website for that too. 
So we've got the wind in our backs. We're still holding on to our hats. Here's the week ahead in eight minutes or less. And this then is for the week beginning Sunday, December 19th, 2010. Well, not only are we in full Mercury retrograde alert, but we're in eclipse and solstice alert this week as well. And really, we should consider this week to be a turning point in all our lives. Because not only do we have the solstice on December 21st, but we also have a full moon lunar eclipse at the last degree of Gemini on the very same day. And Mercury is still retrograde where he's been since December 10th. And he's not going to turn direct until December 30th. And his energy won't really pick up until the first week or so of January 2011. So I'd say we're in for some intensity over this holiday season and through the beginning weeks of January. So this basically means that we'll need to be even more flexible in our planning as we navigate through these next two or three weeks especially since we may be dealing with traveling for the holidays or visiting relatives and the increased needs of our families and balancing pressures on the job. And on Tuesday, December 21st, at the solstice, the full moon lunar eclipse in Gemini is at that last degree of Gemini. And these last degrees are about endings and often are found to be unpredictable and surprising, especially in communications and travel, since Gemini rules communication, travel, and our thinking process. And since Mercury is still retrograde, it's even more reason to try to stay flexible and roll with the punches as necessary. And if we do find changes occurring in our lives, especially in surprising ways, we need to remember that these changes are necessary for our new movement and our big new growth in this upcoming year. It's all in preparation for that. And not only does this lunar eclipse happen on the same day as the winter solstice, which is very rare, it also aspects every planet in the sky, which is even more rare, and especially because it's making a close connection to that Mars-Pluto-Mercury conjunction that we all just experienced in the last week. So this is speaking to our transformation. And the solstice and eclipse power and wild out-of-the-blue intuition will be in effect for us for the next 6 to 12 months. So overall, for this week, we should be ready for unexpected changes. We should be flexible in our planning and make no major commitments, decisions, or major purchases as much as life will allow and wait things out if we can, drawing peace from within us and as much as possible allow life to roll off of us like water on a duck's back. Not always easy, but just know that things may get a little more erratic than usual as we move toward this new year. And this week I want to talk about how each sign may experience this intense lunar eclipse that connects with the solstice and all the planets in the sky. And that's for this week and over the next 6 to 12 months. And as always, this will apply to your sun sign and ascendant rising sign if you know it. Aries, look for all forms of communication to be surprising and even emotional. Surprising situations and events could arise connected with siblings, messages, and even travel. And since Pluto also connects with this eclipse point, you could also receive powerful information that you've been waiting for. Taurus, you can expect some new inner awareness concerning finances, and strong emotions can surface over the use and availability of money in your life. And with Pluto connecting with this eclipse point, potent new opportunities and finances could present themselves, so be ready for that. Gemini, this lunar eclipse impacts you directly as well as your personal life. And since Pluto also connects with this eclipse point, you can expect your personal life to change dramatically. Even your personal appearance could undergo a radical change over the next few months. Cancer, secrets, the past, and things behind the scenes, and even psychic events will likely come to the fore in your life over the next few months. And since Pluto also connects with this eclipse point, you can expect powerful awakenings, and even someone or something from the past may resurface in your life. Leo, be prepared for strong emotions in connection with friends and associations, 
and with your hopes and wishes. And since Pluto is connecting with this eclipse point, watch for powerful and sudden insights regarding a longed-hoped-for dream and the ability to attain it. Virgo, career and professional life could stimulate strong emotions for you, and with Pluto also connecting with this eclipse point, power struggles or secrecy could be involved. So expect some changes here. Libra, education, distant associations, and or foreign countries and people can change your life now. And since Pluto also connects with this eclipse point, a powerful opportunity to expand your world can arise very quickly and in surprising ways. Scorpio, shared resources, psychic matters, and transformation and rebirth could be very emotional for you. And since Pluto is connecting with this eclipse point, expect life-changing events and emotions connected with any or all of these matters. Sagittarius, expect bold changes in partnership matters. And since Pluto also connects with this eclipse point, powerful changes and even transformation or rebirth could occur in your partnerships. Capricorn, be prepared for big changes in your daily routine and or your health. And since Pluto also connects with this eclipse point, powerful transformations can occur in your daily life. Aquarius, expect surprise and change in creativity, fun, and even romance. And since Pluto also connects with this eclipse point, creative opportunities could be intense. Pisces, expect changes in your home and family life. And since Pluto is connecting with this eclipse point, bold changes, endings, and new beginnings will likely present themselves in startling new ways. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the Skywatch Energy Report. And remember, if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives or visit my website, skymckenna.com, and the link is right there at the top of the page. And you'll also find a link to my new blog if you'd like to read the Energy Report. And remember, the animals still need your help. You can feed a homeless animal with just the click of the mouse. It's absolutely, positively, no questions asked free. In 2009, your clicks equaled 92 million bowls of food for homeless animals. So just go to theanimalrescuesite.com and click on the purple button that says, click here, it's free. Well, that's about it for this week. And remember, you never lose by loving, you always lose by holding back. So till next time, take good care, God bless, and namaste. Thank you, Sky McKenna. As always, what an amazing report. To learn more about Sky, please visit her website at skymckenna.com or check out my show page here on Blog Talk Radio. There's a link that goes directly to her website. You can also listen to Sky live on the air on Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Achieve Radio. That's achieveradio.com. Tell Sky you heard about her here. And it is now time for the mail of the day. You guys ready? Yes. Always. All right. This one first. One. This first one starts out, Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean, my husband and I have been together for 17 years, married for nine. We spoke of having a family very early in our relationship, but now we have one son who's five. I've been ready to have another baby for more than four years, but my husband thinks that having just one child would be best. Best for who, I say. I'm beginning to resent him for this, and I take it personally that he doesn't want to have another child with me. I had a great pregnancy, tough delivery, since my son was 12 pounds, 1 ounces, and I required an emergency C-section. My husband says he couldn't go through that again. That sounds so selfish to me. Our son is great. It has all been wonderful, all been a wonderful experience. And the thought of never being able to do it just one more time makes me extremely sad, mad, hurt, you name it. These feelings are becoming consuming. 
I don't know if I'm willing to give up having another child for him. I'm willing to give up a good marriage for the same reason, but I know the resentment will destroy us eventually. I've been open and honest with my feelings with him, and he still hasn't changed his mind. So my question, is this grounds for leaving or divorcing a man? Thank you. That's Lucy in Grant, Oregon. Wow, that is a loaded question, but I kind of feel that she's answering her own question by the last sentence there and saying, is this grounds for leaving or divorcing a man? Um, Does anybody hear an echo? Yes. All right. Um, I'm going to give this my response quickly, then I'm going to try to fix the problem. So, Dr. Jean, can you pick up in one minute? I just want to say, though, that, um, you know, to me it it kind of feels that she has to weigh um, what's more important to her, either, you know, the maternal instinct and having another child um, or staying with this man. And the problem, the way, you know, it, the way she's explaining it and the way it certainly feels to me in the energy is that it's becoming um, a bigger priority for her to have another child than stay with this man. And what the interesting part of it is, though, when she talked about um, that, you know, he's, regardless of what, he's just holding very, very firm to the fact that he didn't want have another child i actually feel fear in his energy um fear of losing her um and and i know that she mentioned that she had the emergency c-section but it feels honestly to me to be fear based on his part um he doesn't feel very flexible but to me there feels to be some flexibility in his energy regarding it um, my gut feeling is and i'm not saying to do this lucy but my my gut feeling is if she ended up pregnant um, he would end up embracing that in the end, but that's not necessarily, you know, the way to resolve the issue. But he doesn't feel to me that um, if they were faced with having another child that he would be, he would leave her or be devastated or anything like that. I feel he would actually embrace, eventually uh, embrace the, the situation. But again, I don't um, encourage you to, you know, end up, you know, ending end up getting pregnant without him being involved with with the decision. But it's a tough question, and and in the end, it's something that you have that Lucy has to look at herself. Um, you know, which is really more important. Um, like I said, there's some flexibility, and to sort of give you a um, a sort of like a gauge on on what it is, I would say right now the way I read his energy, he's about ninety percent. Um, certain that he doesn't want to have another child, but there is that 10% flexibility, as I see it in, in his energy. Dr. Jean, what do you say? What do you think? Well, you know, I would find out why he doesn't want to have another child. He could be afraid that she would die in childbirth, but there's still a very low probability of that happening. Maybe he's afraid there'll be several miscarriages or that something will be wrong with the child. And he's saying, in effect, God gave you one good, healthy child, leave well enough alone. The other thing is maybe he has second thoughts about the marriage and he doesn't want another child that's going to keep him roped in or possibly financially for the family. He feels that they'd all have to sacrifice, whereas now they're living well. And, you know, she says it's a good marriage, but... I would wonder if it is a, such a good marriage if, if they have this major, major discrepancy and she doesn't know why. Um, 
there is the possibility if there's psychological fear of pregnancy that they could adopt somebody. Mm-hmm. But then again, the fact that they might have a child with a problem, sometimes you get a feeling about that where you say, if only we hadn't had that last child, you know, they turned out to have uh, something wrong. I, I would get as much medical information together from the doctors as far as their genes and, you know, what the uh, prospects are for, for having a healthy pregnancy and another healthy child. And if there's nothing really in the way, that, that would mean a lot as compared with if, if there are medical problems. Now, that's a good point. Um, and, you know, to me, I I I. I really feel that he's vested in this marriage. Um, I don't feel that he's wavering. It just feels to me that when he gets a thought in his in his head, um, he just you know clings to it and really really feels he's right. Um, and to me, it it just has the feel that in ways he could be extremely stubborn and extremely almost like one dimensional you know what it is that he sees is the only reality that that he chooses to really embrace and that's what it feels to me that he's going through here but you know in the bottom in the end it's really up to Lucy to decide if she wants to you know walk away from it and find somebody else and have another child um with somebody else or you know or continue letting this um, consume her because in the end um, with her being so resentful and and um, you know upset about this as she is right now it's not going to go away the one thing when you said about adopting a child I got an immediate no that he wouldn't buy into that at all he would fight that you know tooth and nail I don't feel he would be at all willing to do that so in lieu of that most likely um I, I don't know. I was going to say most likely um, his fears of losing her um, in a pregnancy aren't all that's holding him back here because that would be a, a, a perfect solution. But I feel no, absolutely no um, flexibility in his energy with that solution at all. So it's a tough situation. It really is. Do you, you know, I I, I was going to ask you, Dr. Do you think counseling would help? But, again, you'd have to be able to get him into counseling to to discuss this. Yeah, and, you know, it depends so much on the bias of the counselor. You know, there are religious counselors that they have have a big family. There are counselors that are into uh, limiting the number of people on this earth that would say one is plenty. Uh, and, and both of them wouldn't agree on the counselor. That's, that's my sense, too, but... That is yeah. an option. You know, you've got to find out what's really uh, stopping him. And if there are realistic financial barriers or, you know, maybe he feels too old to play with another kid and then she'd have to say, well, I'll take more responsibility. They could agree in that way. I mean, I know, I've know i known younger women who marry older men that already have kids and they want children. And one woman I thought was pretty smart, she kept saying, mommy does all the work. Daddy does none. Mm. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy does his job by making the child, and then you really have to take a lot of the load off him if that's an issue. It, it seems deeper than that. But, you know, somehow he feels that the second child would be too much of a burden directly or indirectly on their marriage and, and on the family. You know, and, and from when what I pick up in the energy, I, you know, family and, and children and all that other stuff, 
does not um, play as major of a role in his life as it does for her. And, you know, the, the most successful relationships are when fundamentally your core, you know, goals and issues and, and different things like that align with each other. And in this particular instance, something, you know, as critical as that is is very much at, at polar opposites. Um, and you know, it's bottom line. It's 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 a decision that that Lucy has to make. I mean, she's been together with this man for 17 years, and they've been married for nine. So you know, uh, it, it's a hard decision. But is that grounds for leaving or divorcing a man? If Lucy feels it's important enough, then certainly it is. Exactly. And if there are other uh, barriers and they're that fundamentally different, then, then the marriage might have been time-limited anyway, and he could be sensing that as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And I kind of feel that even though she says it's a good marriage, I'm not saying it's not a good marriage, but it feels to me that that at times it could be very much a tug of war, not just with this situation with having another child, but it feels to me that there are polar opposites in many other critical, fundamental areas of relationships. And, you know, there's always concessions. And I'm not saying that, you know, compromise or concessions aren't part of all relationships because they are. But I find that the most successful relationships are ones where, you know, really your your core values you know, resonate within each other. I mean, they overlap, they fit. And in this particular instance, they don't. So, you know, again, it's a tough situation, Lucy, but um, if you're looking for us to to tell you that, yeah, go away from this man, he's not right for you, we can't say that. But we certainly, you know, can validate that, you know, it, it's, it's a, um, you know, it's a strong desire when you want to have another child and you're being held back by somebody. So, that then becomes a personal choice, you know, if you want to, you know, proceed with having another child or stay with, you know, a man that you feel is, you know, good for you. I mean, it's tough. You can't always have everything. But the maternal drive, I mean, are there any studies on that, Dr. Jean, regarding the maternal drive? Isn't that, like, more stronger and more, um, you know, um, powerful than probably any other instinct in this world, right? Well, you know, something nowadays, it never used to be the case, but even the paternal drive is stronger. Mm-hmm. There was there were studies done anonymously where you said if you had to choose, like if one was going to die, your spouse or your child, who would you choose? Not only most of the women chose the child, but most of the men. There's wow. something about the blood. In the old days, it was children that were supposed to grow up and leave, not husbands or wives, but now, right. you know, the marriage, till death do us part was when the lifespan was 40, so the marriage might not feel as secure as having a child. Once you have the child, the child is yours, and the child can now bring this woman grandchildren, hopefully not too soon, because they're not ready for that, but you know, that will expand your biological link that will be there forever even after you're gone. Mm-hmm. And most people, yeah. even the fathers in, in a lot of cases, would rather go off with the child if they, if they had to lose one. Wow. Yeah, that's a tough decision. Woof. That really is. But that's interesting. I was wondering what statistics were on that, and that kind of says, you know, says a lot as well. You know, I will, it's not I the wonder... way it's supposed to be. Old line religion and old line uh, psychology have said 
your the marital bond is the strongest, your spouse is the greatest love before your biological relatives, including the children, but that's not the way it is now. Mm, it's interesting. I wonder I wonder how or why. I mean how you know, um something so fundamental has has changed. I mean I could kind of understand that, you know, if you have a child that that becomes, you know, the most important, you know, essence of your life. I mean, how many times um, have we seen situations, you know, watching a movie or watching TV where, um, you know, it's, it's, there's one space left on, on a boat or, you know, something like that, take my child, you know, so the child can be saved and, and the parent wouldn't be. But, um you know, I I don't know. I, I find that interesting that, you know, back in the day, um, the the marital bond was the strongest, and now it's, you know, the maternal or paternal instinct. That's interesting. I knew you'd come up with something really good, Dr. Dean. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It's, I used to have a professor. He didn't like me too much. He was on my dissertation committee, and there was something we disagreed on, and he says, you sound like you're going by Cirillo assumptions. So maybe that's the Cirillo theory, but no, it's it's more common now. <laughs> well, that was a great question, Lucy. We do wish you a lot of luck with this, so keep in touch and let us know what you decide. Frank, are you there? Hello? Well, usually have... Oh, there you are. Hello. There he is. The disappearing yes. Frank. Some things never change. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I got kicked off the switchboard and just switched back oh, on. No. Um, oh, okay. okay. So would you like to hear the the next letter? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean, I'm in my mid-20s. My fiancé and I have been together for several years. Last year, he confessed to me that he likes to wear panties. He gave me all these reasons, like they have superior quality and fit, greater durability and lower price, and lots more color selection, so I pretended it was okay with me, even though I was kind of shocked. Now, I must confess to you that I get turned on when I see him in panties. We also have a lot of fun purchasing new ones for him in department stores. Is this common? Is it okay? Are we okay? Shania. (laughs) Wow. Um, I'm going to let Dr. Jean handle this one. I don't really know where to go with that. Well, now they have unisex underwear, like Joe Boxer has a lot of panties and then boxer shorts, and a a lot of it is interchangeable. So maybe she should start cross-dressing a little bit and – or or look for some underwear for him that's acceptable for younger guys. You know, not every man wears the boxer shorts like Daddy wore. And a lot of men like to show off their endowment, and they can do that a lot better in tight panties. Have you ever lately been to places where male strippers are? Not lately, one little, but... uh, one little one little uh, panty <laughs> after another. I mean, I don't know how they could get those, get all those on and get them off while they're dancing. But I mean, those are tight little, almost girly type panties. So I'm sure they make them for men too, and that could be the good compromise. What um, exactly is her question? I, I don't. Oh, she's asking: Is this common? And is it okay? And are we okay? Well, don't you think I mean, that if both of them are happy with it and there's no complaints that it's fine? She's not like, happy with it. 
Is he perverted in some way? That's really what she's asking us. Well, I think she's asking well, from a feel, like from a wanting to know more than because she doesn't seem to, she seems to get turned on by it. So she's concerned yeah, she about thinks, whether it's normal uh, or not, but she doesn't seem, they seem to be getting along great and they have fun together. And just because it doesn't seem normal doesn't mean that it's not something that the two of them can do together. They seem compatible. Oh, I'm what sure else is he going to want to do next, though? Yeah, but but I'm is sure that's... Is a sign of something else? That's what she's asking. Or is it just like I'm framing it that, that the panties are sexier and more comfortable and, and she's framing it that it's, it's fun at this level? Is is he hinting at some greater uh, greater deviation, <laughs> let's say? Well, the one thing that jumped out at me is that he was making, and this was this is not psychic. This is just logical. I mean, he's making all these um, very um, mundane kind of reasons for wearing, you know, women's underwear. You know, they have superior quality and fit, greater durability, yeah, lower price, et cetera, true. et cetera. <laughs> and then she's saying, "Ooh, but I'm so turned on by it. You know, are are we okay?" So I kind of feel she she's jumped into it. She really likes it. He's He's not fully comfortable with it, though I feel he's indulging in it and enjoying it, and it is very erotic for him. But um, I, I feel he's not as together with it as she is, actually. Um, you know, I, I agree with Julie in this, that, you know, if they're doing it and they have fun, and I'm sure there's a lot of other, you know, um, little quirks that, that people have in relationships, and if it works for you, then that's good, you know, and, and you found something that, you know, is exciting and, and, and kind of works. I mean, I'm sure there's millions of other people that, you know, um, indulge in something like this. I mean, what Dr. Jean said, I could see what you're, where you're going with it, that, you know, maybe this could lead to something else. But if they're all, if they're both having fun with it, is there anything wrong with that? No, no, definitely not. Even if it led to something else, there wouldn't be something wrong with it if it was okay with both of them as consenting adults. But sometimes when somebody breaks a little something to you, they're, they're like testing you with a soft thing. If mm. you accept that, they'll go on to the next thing. And I'm not saying this is the case. It could be the furthest thing from his mind. Right, but right. I, I, would, I wouldn't totally discount that. You know, that maybe he sees how she'll respond to this, and next maybe he'll want to go to swing club or something. Mm-hmm. It, it, I and, see you, you know, anything is okay. And, and again, this could be innocent. Uh, it's interesting that she said she was turned on. Uh, right. I gave them both a socially acceptable reason, I think, as far as the, the fact that these tight, small panty, pants or suits on a lifeguard, if you think of it, are, are really sexier than, than the boxer shorts or the big underwear for males and females. Yeah, but nowadays, I mean, they have for males, you don't have to wear women's underwear to to have, like, scantily No, that, that's what I'm saying, too. You could right. so why not, what, what's the, what, exactly. what's in the right. way of getting, you and I are saying the same thing, of getting the same kind of underwear that's made for men. Why does it have to be women? Right, right, but that for him makes it the erotic, you know, thing. So, I mean, is is there is there psychological reasons behind that, typically, or is that just you know what turns you on? Well, he wants. I'm thinking of the joke where on the wedding night the man comes in to his wife 
give him his pants and says, you know, can you fit these? Wear these. So she puts them on. Oh, they're way too big. They don't fit me. And he says, now you know who wears the pants. <laughs> the next night she comes in with her underwear and says, put these on. And he tries. He says, I can't get into those. She says, okay, if you want to get into those, you know who wears the pants. <laughs> Um, okay. Pants, I mean, because again, why can't the male pants, the male version of the tight underwear, be just mm-hmm. as sexy, if not sexy? Exactly. Right. Why doesn't he try that? And maybe she'll get turned on by that. I mean, that's you know, see, unless they're both happy with with the female pants, that's fine too. Maybe they do make them better for women. I wear blue yeah. jeans sometimes because they're they have less of a waist, and I don't have much of a waist. Yeah, but with um with this particular situation, I feel he's getting, you know, the the he's he's totally um indulging in this idea of wearing female um panties. And I feel for him it's extremely erotic and, you know, um you know, really something really it's not here in this in this letter, but because I don't we he's there she's not saying when when he wears it or you know whatever, but it feels to me that he will indulge himself and um, you know wear wear female you know ladies underwear um, at maybe I don't want to say inappropriate times, but at times when you would least expect it. You mean you know, like not in the men's locker room? Well, yeah, <laughs> or you know uh, under his clothes going to work or something like that. Where right, I guess like what Doctor. Jean was saying is maybe the next step is he starts cross-dressing or he starts, right, right. you know, doing, or does he need to wear these in order to even be, you know, physical with her? Then there's definitely probably some further issues. <laughs> exactly. So, so, what, yeah. so what would we say to Shania? I mean, what's our advice at this point? Well, I mean, I she's mean asking if continued, is, certainly at this level, if they both like it, I would consider shopping for the male version and see how he reacts to that. And, you know, you can do this forever. Yeah, I mean, and but could I just ask you one question, Dr. Jean? Sure. When was the last time you were at a male strip club? <laughs> oh, I will tell you, okay? You know, I, I, when I did a public access show, I had cross-dressers as my first wow. show because the most attractive women, especially in New York City where women tend to dress more down, it's not like the South, beautiful wigs, beautiful gowns, and they had the Stonewall Club, which is the original uh, place where the the gay riots happened in in 1969. Mm-hmm. There was a good-looking male stripper. I mean, I don't know how he wore all those little bikini pants and pulled them off and and managed to keep dancing, but he did. And a couple of the girls gave him money, but that was it. I mean, he was there mainly to entertain the guys. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if those pants were meant for men or women or or unisex, but. Certainly, they were little and and they were quite sexy. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that applause now? <laughs> Hold on, I just one you second. I think really that, you know what? I think it is necessary, Doctor Jean. <laughs> <laughs> 
And now I know what I'm getting Frank for Christmas. Yes. Oh, well, well, thank you for your questions, Miss Anjanaya. <laughs> great questions and great answers from our in-house experts, Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. So keep in touch, ladies, and let us know how things turn out. Just a reminder to you all, uh, send in those questions to mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be selecting a few questions each week to answer live on each show. Now, the phone lines are open. Please give us a call at 646-381-4141 to speak with Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. Unfortunately, guys, I still don't have access to the switchboard yet, so uh, I'm not going to be able to field any calls tonight, or at least not until I get this thing up and running again. Okay, so that means uh, that I will introduce the first call. You Are Are we ready for calls? Yes, we are. I mean, yes, we are, are. We, are we having people stay, on, you know, I mean, I know you said that there were switchboard problems, and I've seen people. No, we, have, we uh, definitely have a few calls lighting up. Okay. So why don't we start with Louisa, who's looking for a new job, and her boyfriend doesn't want to continue to support her financially. So here we go, Louisa. Hi. Hi, Louise. Hello. Hi. How are you? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. How are you all? Good, good. So tell us We're a little fine. bit about We're what's going on. We're having fun if you were listening to our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's going on is I am, um, even as of yesterday, I was talking to uh, a person that does hiring at a company. So I'm constantly um, out there talking to different companies about going to work for them, and I I recently, I really thought I had one position. It was given to somebody else, and and a few days later, the same thing happened with another company. I thought I had that position, and it was given to somebody else. So my boyfriend has said he does not want to continue um, financially supporting me, and so in the meantime, I'm continuing to try and... um, get into a position in my line of work. I wonder what you all saw with that. Well, you are working, but he's he's supporting you. You're earning something, though. No, no, no. You're not? No, he is financially supporting me, and I am out there um, job interviewing and... Okay, looking for a job. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is the relationship like, other than the fact that he said he he's tired, you know, of, of bearing the full financial burden? Is it a good relationship? Uh, is he struggling? Can he well afford it? Uh, how long have you been together? You know, there's so many factors as to whether uh, he's the problem or, or money's the problem. Uh, we've been together a long time, and he is financially set. Um, he he's very frugal with money, and I have appreciated his support, and he knows that. And and the relationship itself, you know, the strain is coming from me not being employed. How long were you unemployed? Um, it's well, I was let go from a company in the middle of the summer, June, July, and I would love to go back and continue working with them. Okay, so before that, were you contributing half of the expenses, or were you keeping most of it for yourself? What was the arrangement like then? 
Um, he he would. I would support myself, and he would uh, supplement anything that I needed. Okay, which he didn't mind doing that. He's he's the man, but he doesn't want full responsibility. The burden, in a sense, scares him that you might get too comfortable. Um, I don't. I you know I I I don't know. I I just he's not real um, generous. With money. Well, no, he, he has. I, I've appreciated what he's done is very generous. I, I, I really respect what he's done, and um, I, I, you know, he just doesn't want to make it long term. Well, let me let me okay. jump in. This is Lady Fontaine. Let me just say one thing that I'm picking up on on him. I mean, you've spoken about him being frugal, and it it feels to me that's that's. He always has been, he always will be. That's just his nature and who he is. And I feel that, um, you know, any general, and I do feel he has been, for him especially, extremely generous in in his mind. It it might not live up to, you know, your expectations of, um, you know, what you may want in in a partnership, but I feel that for him he's been probably more generous with you than he's ever been with anybody else. Um, you know, it, this feels to me to be more about, for him, just who he is and, and really what you, what, what you need in a relationship. Because part of any longstanding relationship is, you know, helping a partner out, you know, when, when they're in a down period. I mean, it's not your fault that you're not working right now, and it's not your fault that it's a bad economy, and it's not your fault that, you know, you thought you had a couple of, jobs lined up and they fell through you know and this is the time that that it would be wonderful for you to have that support from your partner rather than the extra pressure of oh yeah you got to start supporting yourself i don't want to do this or or anything of this nature but it feels to me it's not him being mean it feels to me that it's just who he is it's sort of his values what he wants in a relationship who he is in a relationship and i feel he's always been this way and he's very um, very sort of overt about it, you know, where he he lets his um, his his I, I kind of want to say his financial priorities or whatever, you know, uh, be known very very outwardly. It's not I don't feel he does it behind your back. I feel he's very you know upfront about it. So I kind of feel from a psychic perspective that it's who he is and. I, I don't feel it's going to change for the better significantly with him. I feel push comes to shove, he is there for you. He may just give you a hard time on it, and he might put extra pressure on you, but it doesn't feel to me that he's, you know, throwing you out the door or, you know, going to really let you struggle or, or suffer, though he may say that he is. But this is, this becomes a point, Louisa, where, where you kind of have to decide for yourself um, what it is that you want in a relationship, and is he, you know, living up to those expectations? Um, surely at this point, with you not working, this isn't a time for you to make any changes or any decisions of the longevity of, of your relationship. But the one, uh, I'm not 100% certain of what your question is here, but the one thing I do want to say is I don't feel the relationship changing much or the 
his ability to contribute or to help you, um, I, I feel he does, but he's not going to be more willing to do it. Does that make sense to you? It does. And I also wondered if you saw me picking up some work in my area of uh, the work that I usually do. If you saw that come yeah. in, say, January. Well, it might be the way also, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Lady Fontaine answer that, but it might be also the way he was raised. I was going to say that you had to work and be mm-hmm. responsible. I and agree. that yeah. his idea would be if you can't find work in your field, you know, take a, the old, take a job in McDonald's but bring in some money. You know, mm-hmm. that, that that's maybe what he would do or what his parents told him you should do, that you have to earn money somehow even if it's not work you love. But I agree with you know. that, and I do believe what Dr. Jean just said is is if, if he saw you doing something, he would – it's sort of like he would continue to do everything he's always done, and he wouldn't be complaining about it so much. Okay. So I do think I do feel, Dr. Jean, you nailed that. I'm, we're not saying that that's the solution for you or that that's going to make you happy, but you know that's that. I think that's shedding a a, a big light on who he is. Okay. But I, I'm sure you want to know when things are going to pick up for you with the job and career, correct? Oh yes. <laughs> All right. Let me just throw this out, and then Dr. Jean, if you have anything else to add to any of this, you know, feel free to jump in. But from a opportunity standpoint, um, career-wise, um, I kind of want to say right now, I'm feeling something. It doesn't feel like exactly what it is that you're looking for, and it doesn't feel like the opportunity of a lifetime kind of thing. But I feel something coming up middle of January. Um, it feels kind of, you know, I, I kind of want to say short term. So my gut feeling is it, it may not be a full-time thing. I mean, do you do consulting or, or temporary or something of that nature where there would be shorter um, blocks of work? Yeah. Okay. Um, because this, this doesn't feel long. I would say maybe four to six weeks or something like that. feels like a short block of work. Um, but what it will do is start, you know, sort of it'll ease everything in the home front because when he sees that you're working, I feel things are just going to get back to the way they always were with you guys. And um, what what I actually see coming for you is by sometime in March, um, it feels to me the right job, the right opportunity is going to um, present itself to you and honestly, it feels to me you're going to be, and this is something I don't say in this economy anymore, but it's, it's, I'm feeling it. You're going to end up making, um, I want to say, significantly more than what you have been making at, at, at the work that you've been doing. If it's not starting at a huge salary or, or a great increase, it certainly is going to be leading to that pretty quickly. And what my gut feeling is, is almost within a short period of time, you're going to get yourself to the point where, um, you're almost not going to need his financial support. And um, it almost feels to me when you get to that point, you're going to see if you choose to stay in this relationship with him, you're going to see him be more um, generous or more open or less const- you know, con- constrained by it, but still not um, you know, what you, you may truly want in a relationship because I do feel... Like Dr. Jean says, um, this is, I feel something that he he was taught as a child. It's just who he is. 
Dr. Jean, what do you think? Yeah, it, it seems to be pretty much a deep character trait. Like maybe for you, the career work is more in the sense of getting paid to do what you want to do, what's your career, whereas with him it's the responsibility and, you know, the boys are taught that way you have to earn enough money to take care of your family. But if his mother was always in a position where she helped or if she didn't help and they struggled because of it, then he doesn't want anybody to just be happy leaning on him because it makes him afraid that he then has the full burden and if anything happens to him or his job, you know, we're going to starve together, even if you're not. Sometimes you can feel that way. But that's why if he sees you bringing in money, contributing your share, even though looking for a job is more of a job than work, it doesn't pay. So, you, you know, I think, like Lady Fontaine was saying, if you make a move to show goodwill and that you see the importance of uh, financial stability, he still might complain or worry a little bit about money. That's just part of his personality. But sooner or later, things are going to pick up and you're going to get something in your field. It's just a matter of time. Well, thank you both. Oh, you're very thank welcome. You. Good luck to you. Keep us posted. Let us know how it works out. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you. You too. Same here. Okay. Our next caller is Julian, and he, Julian wants is confused about a relationship with Audrey. Okay. Um, Julian. Hello? Yeah, hi. How hi. are you? How are you guys doing? Good, good. So tell us a little bit about what's going on with Audrey. I don't know exactly. I mean, we're both off and on. I mean, it's like we have communication between each other, but it's where to a point we don't know where we at for each other exactly. Well, maybe from my side. I don't know her from her side, but it's almost to a point where she's pushing me away. That's mm-hmm. on my. That's what I think. I don't know. Sometimes. Well, I'm having a you know, tendency to ahead. overreact or to jump the gun sometimes. Or it's just well, like it's that gut instinct or something's going on. The the way it sort of shows itself to me is, um, and I'm still scanning her energy to see, she feels to me to be a little bit, um, a, a little bit le- more lighthearted in the relationship and, and less ready or less willing to really settle right now and it feels to me and this is almost like you know a, a flip situation because so often the woman is the one that's you know jumping into you know committed relationships and and the man isn't ready but she right. just kind of feels to me she's uh, i don't know more casual about it um i i don't feel that she's um pushing you away that i don't feel it just feels to me this is her nature she hasn't made up her mind on anything regarding you or anybody at this point and i just feel she's cruising along having a grand old time and you're really struggling with it um because it it you know it's obvious that you want more from this relationship and she's just not at that point but and when i look when i look at the way the energies overlap in this particular relationship i mean sometimes couples have you know the most incredible energy they it just overlaps phenomenally and i know that regardless of any ups and downs this relationship is going to be a success 
in your particular situation, it doesn't quite overlap like that. There are certain areas that do, and there are certain areas that you're like miles apart. Um, I feel part of it is she's not ready. I don't feel that you're 100% compatible or suitable for each other, but it feels to me that it's going to be a, a, a fun ride. You know, it, 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 I almost want to say lighten up a little bit and enjoy it because it almost right. feels to me you want, you want the next three steps to sort of fall into place and you're missing all the stuff that is happening. Right. You know, and it almost feels to me if you if you got into that mindset a little bit more, um, you would enjoy the relationship. You would loosen up a little bit, and I feel she would she'd also loosen up into it. I'm still not seeing that this is necessarily the right person for you. I'm not saying she isn't, um, but it's not. Sometimes when I read an energy, I just know, oh my God, this is it. This one comes through is more of. You know, it has potential. It has some potential. Um, I feel you can be having a better time with this and a better flow in the relationship if you just allowed it to unfold for you rather than try to, you know, push it into something too quickly. Because by doing that, she is going to pull back, and she does pull back because it's it's just that, you know, that tug of war that, that you know, that just, um, you're you're trying to get more, and she's not ready to give it, so she does step back. But I don't feel she's ignoring you or avoiding you or anything like that. I feel she actually wants to have a good time and be with you, but more or less on her terms, not necessarily yours. Right. Yeah, it seems like it would be a little easier for you to be a little less involved than for you to keep demanding that she be more involved because, you know, think of holding water in the palm of your hand if you – just let it stay there. It, it stays, but if you stop clenching your fist and squeezing it, what happens? The water dissipates. Right. It falls out through your fingers. So that's that's what happens. The more you clench and the more you try to force her to be more involved, the more she's going to pull away. So it's like a little bit of reverse psychology is called for here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that I... analogy, though, uh, Dr. Jean. I really do love that. You like with it? the water, I really do. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. That's what happens with water, and people are a little more complicated. They have a mind of their own, unfortunately, sometimes, but they do. Right. And no, yeah. it's just for me. I don't know. It's sometimes, like you said, I have a tendency to jump the gun, but I don't understand because before it, this happened, like two years ago, like a long time ago, and there was another person. Her name was Irene, and we were, it was almost close because we were engaged with each other and then a big hit situation occurred between us and I guess it just like ate me up and like to a certain point it's almost like I guess my body's giving me like an instinct where I like almost like develop aware is like if I feel like something's going wrong or something's like happening there's always like a I guess, a pressure on my heart or, like, my chest where I almost, like, hold and then say, well, let's take a look at it. Let's see what's going on and see what's happening because I don't want to, like they said, follow the same route that I did a couple years ago. Well, that's smart. And what that's actually called, I mean, other than the intuitive part, but what's really driving you is the fear, the fear of ending up in that same situation again and losing and what that always shows me is 
um, that you fully haven't resolved the old issue because when you resolve it and truly let it go, and it's not an easy thing to do, but when you really get to the point where you, you know, work through whatever, you know, sort of like the fear and the heartache and everything that was involved with that, um, you know, uh, engagement really falling falling through, um, you could you're not really going to be able. In other words, you're not going to really able to to be able to move forward until you resolve that. It's going to keep on tugging away at you because it's an unresolved issue. But um, my gut feeling is truly that Audrey isn't isn't ready, and this might not be the person that you're going to be able to have that that wonderful, you know, lasting relationship with. But you certainly, she's certainly somebody I feel where there's legitimate feelings, and um, you guys can certainly see where this can go. But my advice is to allow yourself to really and really get in touch with some of the feelings that I feel you repress because it's a, it's a hard thing. When you're dealing with a loss like that, it's a hard thing. And if, and I feel you have a lot of fear associated with it that I never want to experience that again. So I'll go to great lengths to avoid ever putting myself in that situation again. But by doing that, you're, you're sort of overanalyzing everything and trying to guide it into certain directions that it's just not ready to be guided to. Right. I think that's one of my things I have to work on within myself because mm-hmm. it's one of the things, like, it's almost an instinct. Like, you're always trying to dodge a bullet and make sure you didn't miss anyone. And, and if you do, it's like you got to take the pain and keep on going on. But um, certain parts where I have a do big tendency to, if something has, there's an issue, I have a way to jump the gun. And mm-hmm. and sometimes I can be straightforward. If it's not working well, I just cut the cords and move on from it, I'm straight up, and just go on. I mean, it's to a point that's where I want to do. And sometimes I have a tendency to saying, "Is that the right thing to do?" So is that your question, actually? Because I mean, I can't tell you what to do, you know, right. uh, or or when the right situation is, but the right situation to do that is. But what I can say is I feel what you're doing is you're trying you're sort of like um strangling the life out of what could be because you're so worried about you know what what happened to you in the past and so and and trying so hard not to allow that to happen again that you're 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 not even allowing yourself to live and experience the moment um mm-hmm. because it doesn't feel to me that you know a it doesn't feel to me that like I said at the very beginning, that your energies over, don't overlap in the way that makes me say, oh, this is a, a, a match made in heaven, you know, this one is going to last. It doesn't right. over, overlap like that, but it's not a bad relationship. You could be having a lot of fun with this. If you called up and said, is this the woman that I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with, I would be saying no. I would say to you that... I feel she's a a great, you know, um, miss right now, but she's not necessarily miss right for you. Right. I understand what you're saying completely. All right. Uh, well, let us let us know what happens with this as far as uh, how it is down, a little bit down the road if you let go a little bit. See what happens. All right. Thank you so much. All right. You're very welcome. Take care. Have Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, guys. Thank, Thank you. You, you too. too. Bye. Bye-bye.
All right. Do we have other, any other callers? We have a returning call, someone who you predicted something would happen, Lady Fontaine, and it did. Uh-huh. So we have Christina, who is going to tell us what happened and has a question about the future. Oh, okay. Christina. Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, oh, it's our pleasure. I, I just ran into your show. I didn't know that you were going to be on Blog Talk. I had actually spoken to you back in July on Achieve Radio. Oh, You were okay. a guest speaker, and I had just spoken up with my boyfriend of three and a half years, and at that time I was like, oh my God, like, devastated, like, the world was going to end. You did give me some news and told me that I needed to take the time, because there was things that I needed to clear up and and whatnot within myself, and that in October we would um, speak again, but not about us, and then in December he would come back around regarding us, and that did happen. In October, his grandmother passed away, you know, sadly. So um, we did connect then, and I did attend the funeral and stuff, but at the time, he was with somebody else and whatnot. Anyhow, he did come back um, just recently, and I, I think we both realized that there's still a lot of feelings left that we never really took care of, and I wanted to know what you could tell me at this point um, as far as, how, you know, any guidance, because, like I said, when I spoke to you in July, what you said really helped me, so I'm hoping that you can give me some insight. And his name um, was what Jerry. Is, or, okay, that's his what name I was going to ask you. Okay. Um, you know, the, the the first thing that's jumping out at me is don't don't go too fast with this. Allow it to, because it almost feels to me it's going to be more successful if you pace this and sort of let him do some of the you know stepping forward with things. But more importantly, just just don't jump. It it, it sort of shows itself to me that the quicker you dive into this, the quicker it's going to fizzle. So if you could just sort of let it pace slowly, sort of get re-get to know each other, um, let him, you know, put his cards out on the table. It just, without you saying, and oh, yes, you know, I've never stopped loving you and stuff like that. I mean, don't go there. Let him say whatever he needs to say, but just pace it. I have a feeling that things are going to work out for you. Um, that's why I don't want you to jump too quickly, because it just feels to me if you jump back into this too quickly, um, it just doesn't have that same robust feeling. I feel there's very, very genuine feelings between the two of you. I feel you needed that time off um, to sort of, um, you know, for him anyhow, to sort of get his act together and really realize um, the quality of the relationship that you do have. Because to me, the connection between the two of you on a scale of 1 to 10 is right up there. I mean, it's it's you know, a nine easily, if not higher than that. And I do feel he's coming, he's stepping forward with a lot of um, openness in his heart and a lot of love in his heart for you. So pace it, go slow. I feel it's going to work for you. Um, I feel very, very strong potential of this leading to wherever you guys want to go with it. The potential is definitely there. So, um, well, and I guess that makes sense because I did. I I mean, he did ask me how I felt. He said, I still love you very much. However, you need to take care of the situations you've created these last six months. And I did put my foot down 
I'm like, oh, my God, do I just push him away? I did it nicely. I mean, we're friends, and I've talked to him, but I'm like, I'm not jumping in it. I'm not jumping in like that. I need to take care of myself and um, love myself, and that's what I've learned. I'm not the same person you left six months ago. Good, good for and you. He was very respect. I mean, I didn't let things go. You know, you just get in that heat of the moment. Oh my God, he's back! And when you're like, oh my God, and then they don't, they don't worthy you. And I'm like, I'm not the same person. And I really am not. I'm not the same person I was six months ago. Good. And I know that. So I Good. just was and afraid. Like, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and he will realize that, and he'll respect you for that. Um, you know, it just it I, you're doing everything right. You really, really are. Um, just keep up what you're doing. But moving forward, if he's asking you how how you feel, be more that that you're still sorting things out in your own head more so than laying it all out on on the table for him. Only because he does have things that he needs to um, resolve in his own life, and he needs to continue taking those very positive steps towards you. And making and making choices, and as he does that, um, you're gonna you're gonna find that pace that works for the two of you. Just keep honoring yourself because you've made tremendous progress in the past six months, and I don't see I don't want to see you slipping backwards. Yeah, that's true, and that would be that he has to get decide choose between me and that other person because I don't feel I think he's on the fence. That that's how I feel. That right, and if, if you I make her. It, what if it doesn't work out with me? And then, but like I told him, it's a choice you need to take. There's no guarantees. And don't do it if you think this is a guarantee. I said, there's no guarantees. If you really love me, then you'll do what you need to do. Well, and, and but the thing of it is, if you're there for him too much now, um, it, it may make it harder if you, for him, if you just sort of lay it on the on the table and go, look, you know, you, you do have choices that you, that you have to make. And, you know, pull away somewhat. Um, you know, he may realize that, wow, you know, I mean, I really do love her, meaning you, and I don't want to lose her, meaning you, and, um, you know, that may get him to step up to the plate quicker. I'm not saying do it abruptly or say, you know, forget it, I'm not speaking to you unless you make these choices or whatever, but it does feel to me that I don't want you to get in a position where you're his support. And you're you're there for him all the time because that's just going to make it easier for him to stay. Not be so available, in other words. Yeah, to a, to a large extent. Dr. Jean, what do you think about yeah, it? Yeah, I would agree. If he can come back whenever he wants, what's the sense of uh, keeping his commitment if there's some consequences that if he's not always available, then maybe you're not going to be always available. You might have other things to do, too. Then, you know, he's going to have to take you into more consideration than he does. Um, That's true. Being on that note, and being honest as far as, what, you know, he's asked, are you dating other people? Well, yeah, I talked to other people. Life got went on just like it went on for you. Is that a bad thing to be so honest See, I would not be. He, it's none of his business at this point. I mean, I, I don't mean to be quite that blunt because part of having a relationship is to be able to talk and be, be honest. So I guess what you said is all right, but I wouldn't give details, and I wouldn't let him at all think that you're putting everything on hold to see where things go with him. I would very much let him think, and I'm going to continue to do that because, you know, I'm, I'm a free agent. 
Yeah. When I did. Yeah, and then see if he has any uh, any problems with that. And if he does, you know, then, then what is he willing to give for you to give up your freedom? True, true. Okay, well, that does make sense. And I do want to thank you. I, I So I did want to call, call and let you know give you, that it did. It was like, wow. At first in October when it happened, I'm like, okay. And then in December, and you said right by Christmas, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> well, I'm so glad you found us here, and I'm so glad you called to let me know. Um, and, yeah. and keep up the good work. I mean, keep on honoring yourself and keep on, you know, working on yourself. Make yourself you know, the center of your own universe there and not him. Don't let that sway, you know, where you start going, oh, am I going to lose him? Is he going to walk away? I mean, you know, he, he'll he walk away quicker if you lay out the red carpet for him. You know, if you True. make him know that, you know, and you don't say it, you just show him that you've got your own life, you're doing your own thing, and life goes on without you. And the only way you're going to give up that freedom is if he has something to offer. That makes sense. And, and I think, you know, I, um, I didn't find you because you're under paranormal and blog talk, not um, spirituality. So, I don't oh, know why yeah. you're under paranormal, so that was... I know. That's I just think. where we are. I don't know, but that's where we are. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll let my, my friends know because I'm like, we lost you. We were looking under spirituality, so... Oh, oh okay. Know, I found you. <laughs> okay, you well, so thank much. you so much. Happy All right, holidays. Take care. Thank you so much. You, oh, bye-bye. you too. Thank you. So we Is only have about five else? minutes left. Do you want to take another call? Yeah, we'll take another call. Okay. Um, we have Aisha. She's applying to law school and wants to know uh, the status of that. Okay. Aisha. Oh. Hi. Yes, hi. 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 How are you? I'm good, and you? Good, good. Um, let me tell you, you're going to be successful. It's coming through very, very strong. So you've applied to law school. Have you applied to a few different schools? I have not applied yet. I just finished taking the LSAT, um, and I was going to apply before the year was over. Mm -hmm. You're going to be successful at this. You're going to be very successful at it. Um, I'm I'm sure law schools are competitive, um, but I do feel you're going to get. I do feel you're going to get in, um, and I could see you practicing law down the road. So I feel it's a wonderful avenue for you and i'm getting thumbs up from my guides big time so not that it's going to fall into place one two three because i'm sure you know there's very few people in this world that you know apply to one school and just magically get accepted at the one school they apply so you know select the schools that really resonate best within you you're going to get in i have no doubt about it and for fall 2011 um kind of feels to me yeah Okay, and I have two schools in mind, and that's CUNY and PACE. Um, right now I'm getting actually a bigger hit on I mean, psychically I'm getting a bigger hit on PACE, though my gut is telling, though logically it feels like CUNY would be a cinch, but, but PACE is, I could see you there. I could actually see you there. So you may even get accepted in both, but my gut feeling is you will be going to PACE. And one, my contract is up for uh, rebidding, and I want to know if it's going to be renewed. It's up for rebidding for my job in February. I'm scanning the energy right now because it feels to me that there's a lot of, I almost want to say chaos going on in your job. Oh, um, 
it's at least chaotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of feel that the answer is yes, but it, it, I feel so much going on. I mean, it feels to me downsizing. It feels to me, um, you know, uh, I mean, every every business is going through something, but it just feels to me there's almost like a complete overhaul going on there. There so, is excellent. Yeah, so so what I kind of want to say is um, right now I'm feeling the potential of you being renewed there or extended. You know, it's very, very high, but it may be different than what it is that you're doing right now. You may be reporting to somebody new, um, but I would and, – and, and, and it may shake out differently than, than what it is right now. So um, from what I'm seeing right now, there's going to be a lot of changes in your area. Um, I feel the potential for work for for you is still going to be there, but it feels different than what it is today. And maybe I should look for another job. Um, might be a good thing for you to at least see what your options are. Okay. Okay. I mean, well, I, 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 I think. No, I'm sorry. I, I I just have the feeling that um, if you look elsewhere, um, you know, you have a little bit of control over that. This way, you can hand select um, if another exactly. opportunity comes along, and you're not feeling so shuffled, because I do feel in the end you're going to feel very shuffled in this position. Okay. All right. Well, well good I luck think this you. is. Oh wait, one more question. Um, we just have so a minute not, left. We, we we're, okay. we're not really in time. Sorry, we're okay, out of time. Okay, well thank thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have a very happy holiday. You as well. Bye bye. Thank you. Well, well, this was certainly a great show. Um, we had some really great mailbag questions and some wonderful questions from the callers. So I want to thank all of you. Thank you to all our listeners for inviting us into your home and into your lives. We love hearing from you. And thank you to my co-hosts, Dr. Jean Cirillo, Frank Todaro, and Julie Zellman. Special thanks to Paula Beck, who did a great job screening calls and helping us with the switchboard. Thank you to all of you. Have a very, very happy holiday. I can't believe that Christmas is a couple of days away, so Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, And many blessings to each of you, and I am in gratitude all of you. Have a wonderful week and remember to honor yourself and you'll automatically draw in countless experiences that honor you. Paranormal enthusiasts, remember to tune in to Frank Todaro's The Invisible World. Either call 718-508-9285 or check out our show page here on Blog Talk Radio for The Invisible World. Good night, everyone. Hope to see you back here next week and remember to reclaim you. We're here to honor and support you and provide the guidance to help you aspire to all your dreams. Good night, all, and Merry Christmas.